Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern Podcast. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Ben Bateman. I'm not Alex Kessler. That's not Alex Kessler, <laughs> no. but we are back for another show for you guys. This is exciting. I've got a very special guest next to me, and I'm going to jump straight in and introduce her. It's Ashlyn Rose. Hey, everyone. It's a golf clap, so we're not peeking on the live stream. Uh, Ashley, this is your second time on the show, but it's your yeah. first time actually in studio, right? Yes. Yeah. I we, believe the first time was over Skype, like, what, three years ago or a something? A long time yeah, ago. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. Yeah, memories. The memories. <laughs> yeah. But since then, you've mastered Tron. You've uh, become, a, a, a like, a pretty famous magic personality. You're <laughs> getting invited to do cool things that I'm not getting invited to do. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. Uh, only sort of. But we're excited to have you here to talk about those cool things. And uh, yeah, guys, this is a show where we talk about modern. So we're happy to have Ashlyn. Alex is in Hong Kong right now, I believe. Oh, wow. I think he gets back in a couple days. And we have a bunch of cool stuff to break down for you. So we're going to be talking about some of the weekend modern results, some of the things that you can look forward to this upcoming weekend. We are going to be talking about this amazing event that you're a part of right now, yes. this Card King event called The Chalice. Yes. Yeah, so there's a whole explanation there, guys, but it's basically okay. you're drafting four sets and building a modern deck from the card pool within those four sets to play against other people doing the same thing. And she got to do it, which is really cool. Yes, I'm super excited to play it. We'll talk about the deck. Yeah, 100%. So it's going to be great. We've been talking to Josh Lee Kwai, uh, Command Zone, who also is doing the same event. And so we kind of have a little bit of awareness of what's going on in the meta. Uh, you know, we'll prepare yeah. you. And uh, though I swore that I would never talk about his deck. Please do tell. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Influence my sideboard decisions. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, guys, so this is uh, the show where we talk about modern every single week. That's what's coming up on the show today. If you want to follow along with what we're doing, Ashlyn, where can the folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ashlyn Rose or on twitch.tv slash Ashlyn underscore Rose, where I stream a lot of uh, Magic Arena and whatnot. Uh, and you guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media, Twitter, Instagram. I keep talking about this Twitch streaming that I'm going to start doing that I haven't started, but that is Ben Bateman streaming on Twitch. And uh, you can find us. We have a Facebook group that uh, people are in interacting in right now, Master of Modern Facebook group. We're just about to clear 5,000 members, which is exciting. Ooh. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how we're going to start. So I say we, before we get into the chalice, I think let's talk about some of the Modern Weekend results. Um, I know sometimes we talk about them, sometimes we don't, but today we were looking up some decks, uh, the SCG event this last weekend. The classic, I believe, uh, in Columbus, which was interesting. Um, the results, you know, the event was won by Amulet Titan, which is a deck that we've seen pop up since the banning, obviously, of Summer mm -hmm. Bloom, which was like, what, like a year and a half ago now? It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. This version of the deck pops up sometimes. It's the Azusa version. And it's pretty cool. There's nothing about this version that really jumped out at me as like crazy. Even the threats, like the Hornet Queen, you've seen that as a one of quite a bit. It's kind of a solitaire-ish deck. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not my favorite, but it did win. And this top eight here that we're looking at is, is kind of an interesting top eight. There's not a copy of humans in the top eight. No. There's no copies of Tron in the top eight. Um, the only deck that you're seeing in here that is really like a premier deck right now is Bant Spirits, um, which is like kind of a newer thing that's been popping up. Yeah. I mean, obviously Burn is a premier deck. But <laughs> Burn's like, <laughs> always going to be there. But yeah, the other decks in this top eight, like they feel like they're they're sort of more fringe decks that uh, have been good or maybe aren't as like tier one right now. I guess Jeskai's still kind of tier one. It is interesting though. Like I wonder why we aren't seeing a lot of the other decks that we normally see up in that range there right yeah. now. Yeah. Like 
Is it Ravnica? Is it? Yeah, I don't think it's the results of. I don't think it's the new set that's influencing this. Influencing this too much. Um, I mean, definitely the most interesting deck in this top eight is this deck uh, played by Michael Coyle in second place. This Grixis Whir deck. Grixis Whir. I <laughs> yeah, use that Grixis. term <laughs> kind of loosely, right? Well, because like you, you, you're looking at the list of me, and you were like, "So why are they playing black?" <laughs> yeah, where where <laughs> is the black in this deck? Turns out it's in the sideboard for two copies of Tezzeret Agent of Bullets. And the other question is, why are they playing red for a single copy of Pyrite Spellbomb in the main deck? Um, this deck is almost entirely colorless. It plays like a lot of the cards that you've seen out of like the, uh, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The lantern decks. Mm, yeah. Right. Like it has a lot of the same stuff in here. Um, you know, you have all of your, your Tormod's crypts and you have your uh, engineered explosives and your foreign snaring bridges and everything like that. But, uh, it's basically like a war of invention deck that, yeah. Bottled Cloister, Chalice of the Void. It's a, it's a colorless prison deck, basically. Is that the only blue they actually have? In, uh, the-, in the sideboard, there's a copy of Sidemaster Thopterist and ah. a copy of Pedim. Um, the red in the sideboard, obviously, for the, the Garoppa Aether Grids as well. But yeah, this deck is almost <laughs> totally colorless. So, interesting name. I feel like it, it needs a better name than Grixis were, right? What would you name it? I don't know, a horrible thing to play against? Oh, yeah, <laughs> very, very annoying. Mm. Although I feel like with these types of decks, like Tron actually fares pretty well against them. Yeah. Compared to most other decks, so they don't. They well, don't yeah, because me. like you're you're like you like land a Karn and they like they like shoot. Yeah, they're like <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Because what do they do against Karn? Like their E can't get rid of it. Their Insane Bridge doesn't care. Uh, spe- yeah, I mean they they have to Sorcerer Spyglass means they could shut off the abilities, right? True. Yeah, so they would have to anticipate that. But yeah, I think uh, if you get like a Tron on turn three, uh, and you hit Karn, I think they're probably pretty boned. Um, so anyway, guys, that's the most interesting deck in this, uh, these results from Columbus. Um, on the other end of things, we found some pretty sweet stuff in this last weekend's Modern Challenge. Now, the top eight is a lot of decks we've seen before. Uh, first place, we had a Grixis Shadow deck doing Grixis Shadow things. I, I, again, this deck is... <laughs> this version of this deck is almost a year old now, I think. And it's still going pretty strong. Yeah, and it just pretty much looks like the same deck to me. Uh, there's not really a whole lot in here that looks too different. Right, so I mean, your second place deck here is a um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? The uh, ad nauseum deck. Again, this is pretty much just the ad nauseum deck. Hey, Mike, I think I can hear us through something. I don't know if it's the computer audio or if it's just the headphones audio, but I just want to make sure we're not feeding back. Um, I but, love the uh, names. Are these the people who submitted the decks, or is this the names of the decks? Uh, no, this is the, the people who play. <laughs> like it's the, the, the users. Like, yeah, Kitty Man. <laughs> Kitty Man with all the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, third place in the same tournament. You, this is this is the Hollow One deck, uh, another deck that's oh. really the mainstay. But but a weird one that we didn't see any copies of in that yeah. uh, top eight from Columbus, right? Like this is another one of those decks that's been like in those big five for a while now. Um, coming in fourth place in the Modern Challenge. This is a uh, what's it called deck? The the Affinity? No, no, no Ironworks. Yeah, I'm having like brain fights <laughs> today, guys. It takes me a second to get there. Um, Words. Yeah, fifth place. Fifth place, you've got the Dredge deck, Prized Amalgams, all those things. Uh, these are all like unsurprising. Uh, yeah, I mean, the rest of this top eight, this is like a black white tokens deck. But the most interesting deck here, another copy of Band Spirits, uh, is this deck played by Arch Gaze in eighth place. This is the deck that we really want to talk about. It's pretty sweet. And so we, we looked at it, and like Michael, our producer over here, you guys know Michael, he's been on the show. He was like, What is Kragenwick Cremator? <laughs> and I was like, Kragen. Uh, it does the thing. Now, to my credit, I have copies of this card, uh, obviously, because like it's a bad card that does super sweet things, but I didn't remember what it was. So Kragenwick Cremator, guys, 
Red Red 2 for a 5-4 Giant Shaman. This is from Shadowmore. Um, when Kragomit Cremator enters the battlefield, discard a card at random. If you discard a creature card this way, Cremator deals damage equal to that card's power to target player. So... But it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> so this deck is playing two copies of Galta Primal Hunger, right? And two copies of... How do you pronounce it? Impervious... Great Worm. Great Worm. Yeah, this is the 16-16 Convoke uh, Indestructible for 10. So... Uh, and then it's playing like two copies of Fauna Shaman, three copies of Eldritch Evolution, a bunch of just like sweet cards. Like it's it's playing like four copies of Daily Champion, four Shangaroo Geist, a copy of Nullhide Ferox. That's our that's our new guy. Bunch of birds, two birds, yeah. four hierarchs, right? Like it's a green, it's like a modern green stompy deck that wants to combo you out. Yeah. So Except for it wants to throw everything at your face instead of like turning them sideways. Although turning them sideways also works. Yeah, and it's playing four copies of lightning bolts, so that's how it's gonna control the game. I mean this deck definitely loses to combo. Like if you, you combo yeah. this deck out, like it, but even like I wonder how do you think this deck fares against like hollow one? Oh gosh. I feel like it would be actually pretty bad, right? right? Well, I mean hollow one's fast. So like yeah. hollow one can have a crazy turn one, turn two. But here's the thing is like what if this deck plays like a bird on turn one? Like a Strangleroot Geist and another bird on turn two. Hollow One's trying to poop out like a bunch of four fours. You catch up with this deck pretty fast, and all of a sudden you've got like Steel Leaf Champions and you've got like Undying Strangleroot Geists. They probably don't really punch through that fast because you're playing a lot of beef with this deck. Yeah. Um, and I think you probably catch up and win the game, I would guess. Yeah, if you can catch up, I think you could definitely win. My only thing is, because uh, I ran into the same issue with Tron, is I forget what card they have, but it like always, it's the card that I, I hate and wait for them to play where everyone has to discard their hand. Uh, oh, so, oh, Burning Inquiry. Yeah, Burning Inquiry, because yeah. you were going to get screwed if they played that. Yeah, Burning Inquiry is going to be really good against this deck, but I, I definitely think... Uh, yeah, I mean, a really fast deck will beat this, and a combo deck will beat this, but I think as far as, like, if you're not that disruptive, I think this deck's pretty good. It does feel a little suspect that, like, the most interesting thing you're doing is Kragenwick Cremator, because, like, yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't, if you, like, don't get there, or they can disrupt you somehow, then I think this deck is just a bad version of, like, a tier three deck. Um, but I, I think it's pretty clever, and the fact that like, 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 big ups for playing two copies of Impervious Great Worm and two copies of Galta Primal oh, yeah. Hunger. It's like as good as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would play this deck in a heartbeat. I'd play the crap out of it, yeah. <laughs> um, so those are some of the results we saw this last weekend, guys. That's what's going on in the world of modern. Not a single copy of humans between these top 16s. Uh, is humans falling out of favor? I don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't be sad to see it go. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty dominant for a while. I mean, obviously, we're talking about an online modern challenge and a single open. So like. True or a classic or whatever, whichever that is, but uh, that shouldn't be indicative of exactly where the format is, but it is weird. I haven't seen that in a while, a top 16 with zero copies of it. So, yeah. um, Be interested to hear what you guys think about that. Like, Yeah, exactly. Is it falling out? Are like, you guys happy to see humans here? Do so you, you want to see it go? I mean, that deck has been pretty prominent, pretty tier one for a while now. Um, yeah, curious what you guys think. So uh, as we continue to move through the show, guys, I do want to talk about this amazing event that you're a part of right now because yes. uh, this is this is a pretty cool thing so i mentioned it in the in the pre-show notes but do you want to explain kind of how it works and yeah, what it is? yeah. absolutely um so 
basically Card Kingdom is hosting this big fundraiser called the Chalice Event. And what that entails basically is a lot of the content creators are getting together, um, you know, like Josh Lee Kwai, you have James from Loading Ready Run, you have Jerry Thompson, um, Lorgoyfs, a bunch of a bunch of personalities, and we're all raising funds for big brothers and big sisters of Puget Sound. And basically all of the funds we raise go towards moving kids off the wait list for that so that they can um, get into get mentors basically, which is amazing. Um, part of that event is a modern they're calling it like a draft block type yeah. of thing. It was, I was getting texts about this last week from Josh because he was like asking Alex and I for help with it. He was like, guys, what set should I draft? And I was like, this is confusing. But then yes. like once I got into it, I was like way into it. Yeah. So think of it like this. Basically, um, each week we get to draft a set um, that is modern legal. Um, we all got to pick our own core set that we got to start with. Most of us picked M11. Um, and then each week, uh, your draft order was decided by who raised the most fun. Oops, sorry, raised the most funds that week. And so um, each week you draft your set. And then at the end of those weeks, all of those sets you drafted is basically your sealed pool. And you build whatever modern legal deck you want. But up to 4x copies of any card 4X, in any yes. of those sets. So, and, so it's, and the modern ban list is in effect. So it's like a modern, it's a modern deal where you're drafting four sets. You have all the cards from four sets, not four blocks. And yes. everybody can draft the same core set, right? That's the deal? Yes. So it seems like most people drafted M11. That's like where I, could, I saw the results and like... <laughs> I guess that's just because Lightning Bolt and Manalik. All the Titans as well. And all the Titans are in M11. Yeah. Uh, I wish that Preordain was legal. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's a little bit of a miss there. Um, but yeah, that's so that's like where most people started. So what did you draft after M11? So I went M11, and then after that, I went original Ravnica. Okay. Uh, because someone took Zendikar. <laughs> you would have taken Zendikar? I would have taken Zendikar in a heartbeat. Um, so missed out on Zendikar. Uh, that was like first pick snapped. Um, and then I picked Rise of the Eldrazi. Okay. And then World Wake. Wow, so you got so, powerful sets. I did. Because <laughs> World Wake, you get Jace and Stoneforge Mystic. Yes. And Rise, you uh, you get a bunch of. Well, you get Splinter Twin. You can't. I know. There's no combo in your sets. No, is there? no, and well, and plus Splinter Twin isn't Splinter Twin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's the band list, right? Yeah. Of course. Like, Forgetting <laughs> that would have been amazing, but yeah. uh, that's okay. I hated that deck in Modern, anyway, <laughs> so I would have felt bad playing it. Um, so yeah, I got a bunch of big creatures, Titans, and my favorite thing, Eldrazi. So. so are you just playing like a ramp deck? I mean. Pretty much. It's pretty silly. Like we, we tossed around, like I had a group of friends I was talking to about it. And like, there was a, there was like a Cago deck that Kibler played a while back that we were right. kind of looking at. And then there was this like Turbo Fog-esque deck with like Jace and Garouk that right, I was thinking right. of doing, but I'm not a control player, so I probably wouldn't be able to play it very well. And I thought these sets were what I kind of started with in Magic. So I was like, why not play the first deck I ever took to a PTQ, which was Mono green Eldrazi, so I built like a play on that with a green white Eldrazi. Interesting, and that, and this plays to your strength too, because Tron is your classically your deck in modern. So playing like giant threats and just like getting there was is probably up your alley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sounds really fun. I I um, Josh has been talking to us. I think Josh drafted M eleven, uh, Guild Pact, Innistrad, and I don't know what the fourth set that he drafted was. Oh, I don't remember. Um, but. Nefrexia. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I think uh, I don't know if that ended up being the pick. I'm not totally sure, but he's he's working on it. But I, we've been talking to him about kind of different ideas, and uh, we saw that like Jerry T drafted. Um, oh, he went. He got ninth. Um, Champions of Kamigawa. Yeah. Um, what else did he Origins get? And 
Yeah. yeah. So like that was really interesting because like he took ninth, which means that he gets like ensnaring bridge, and doesn't he get the Tron lands? Yes, yes he does. Yeah. So Blood he moon. in Blood Moon. Yeah. <laughs> he just went with like the super hate pick. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, so that's pretty funny. It, it seems like a really fun event. I mean, you know, you, you you think about it and you're like, okay, I can build this style of deck, but then when you're like, okay, uh, what good counter spells can I play? Or like, what good burn spells can I play? And it's like in any in any configuration of sets, you probably only have one or two options. So it ends up feeling like playing in a standard environment with just mm-hmm. like powerful cards. Yeah, it was really yeah. interesting to see like what you could work with. Like, I have remand I can work with. Mm. Um, what else was my I guess cancel. Um, but yeah, it, there was a lot of fun stuff. I have both the Jaces. Yeah, right. And you, yeah, I mean, you can like you have original Ravnica, so you have like remand. You can play like Telling Time. You have some pretty interesting stuff there. Um, you said Rise, so like. Rise Dildrazi gets, uh, what's the best cantrip or like draw spell from Rise? Oh, gosh. Ancient yeah, Stirrings. Ancient oh, yeah, that's yeah. dope. That's <laughs> Which dope. is definitely my, the only thing I was missing from my deck is Summoning Trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That summoning was. Trap is dope. And that's, uh, that's, that's regular Zendikar. That's Zendikar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. World Wake is so powerful. I, I, I would have a yeah. hard, very hard time drafting World Wake and not wanting to build just like a some blue-white deck because like it just so seems so, so powerful. But like, okay, what's your best piece of equipment? Yeah. Right? Yeah, like there's almost nothing from Rise that no. I can think of. Their World Wake has like it, the like a sling boat, like what, like <laughs> no, arrow or something. <laughs> I forgot what set. I think maybe it was in Malevolent, but I had like Basilisk Collar, but that's like. Yeah, that's in World Wake. Okay. Uh, okay. So you can get like Basilisk Collar, <laughs> yeah. but like that's not that good. Like, <laughs> yeah, it feels like uh, maybe maybe the Stoneforge Mystic is not as powerful yeah. as, as it should be. And but it's potential, just not the other half that would have really made it pretty insane so when do you get to actually play the event when this weekend actually is it all online uh yes it'll be streamed on card kingdom's twitch channel cool. and then they'll probably throw it up on youtube afterwards sweet and you also i saw you on like their trivia show recently is that yes true? yeah 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 <laughs> their local uh, what were they calling it? it was a play on lgs it was their local um game local game show yeah 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 that, that, that was that was interesting i i had like been interested in like the idea of match trivia for a while um, you guys looked like you had a good time. Oh, it was so much fun. I still can't believe I got the uh, guess the commander wrong. That was what was what had happened. So basically, they played twenty one questions, okay. but it was for commander. Get it? Twenty one commander damage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so you can ask twenty one questions to try to guess the card they have on the screen. And so we were getting down to the wire, and I'm like is it from Ixalan? And everyone kind of like paused. They were like, oh, is she going to get it? And they're like, yes, it's from Ixalan. And I thought I knew it. I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh, I got this. I don't know the name of the card, but I'm going to draw it, and I have it. And I totally thought it was uh, the three-headed dinosaur. Is that yeah. a comma? Uh, so I'm not a big commander guy. Oh, no <laughs> so, um, and they throw it up on the screen, and it's actually Admiral Beckett Brass, who I've cosplayed and played for ah. Commander. So <laughs> really missed that one. Yeah, okay. But yeah, yeah, because you're a big cosplayer. That's something, <laughs> so some of you guys probably know this and some of you guys probably don't. That's how we met you originally is yes. uh, you rose to prominence in the community as, as being a cosplayer. I've seen you do uh, Nissa cosplay several times, right? Would you say that's your go-to? Um, Admiral Beckett Brasses now, but Nissa is the one I do wear a lot as well. Yeah. I, of the two, Brass is my favorite just because it's more comfortable. How but long does it take you to get ready like for gosh. one of these things? So Brass is the easiest, which is okay. why I love her. Um, she takes about maybe 30 minutes to put on. Um, Nissa can take anywhere from like probably about an hour max just because she has so much makeup. The makeup, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the contacts, she has like the full contact lenses and everything. Mm. But Cool. 
Um, all right, so so now, guys, that's the that's the event. So uh, it's, you know, tune into Card Kingdom's Twitch channel this weekend. You can watch Josh play. You can watch Ashlyn play. Uh, it's definitely gonna be a lot of fun to watch. I will be watching. I'm very very interested in this event. Speaking of Josh, you guys should be checking out the Command Zone. It's our sister podcast. They launched the same time we did. So we launched. Uh, I guess it's been four years now. Wow. Um, yeah, I guess it's been about four four years and change now. They launched like a, maybe six weeks before we did. And they've done 200 plus episodes now. Yeah. And Game Nights is their other show. So check all that stuff out because it's super awesome. Um, but I want to get back to Tron because that's what you were playing, I think, when we first met you. Yeah. You've had a lot of experience playing Tron. And I know you play Red Green Tron. Yes. Primarily, right? Yeah, mostly Red Green Tron. I've tried some of the other ones, though, so I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with them. So, like, Mono Green Tron feels like it's the one right now. And you'll see, like, the Black Splash sometimes yeah. for hand disruption. Or I've seen people play Push before. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mono Green is probably the most prominent Tron. What What is it about Red Green Tron that drew you to that in the first place? Um, I think I've always liked Ramp Ducks. And, I've, and I re- really like Burn. So it's kind of the best of the both worlds for me. And I think that was, like, kind of the deck that was really, when I started getting into Modern, was was kind of, like, of all the Tron decks, it was either Red Green Tron or Blue Tron. And right. I don't play Blue. So I went with that deck and kind of just fell in love with it. It has the removal yep. for all the stuff. And, um, yeah, it was, just, it was just really fun and consistent for me. Did you ever try out Red Green Eldrazi? Because I know that was, like, a kind of similar cards, but obviously a little more mid-range and aggressive. I don't think I tried Red Green Eldrazi. I tried uh, Tron Eldrazi. Eldrazi, yeah, Eldrazi Tron. Eldrazi like, Tron, yeah. With like the uh, walking ballistas and all that. Yeah. How'd you like it? I just couldn't do it as well. Yeah. I don't know. I felt a little like off my mark with it, but it was fun. Interesting. But... Uh, what would you recommend? Like if somebody, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, I've never tried Tron. I've thought about playing it, some variant of it. Uh, what do you think is fun about it versus what's frustrating about it? Uh, what's fun about it is that I feel like it's really easy to pick up and play. Um, it's It doesn't take a lot of like... You're not playing something where you're going to have to think of, like, a lot of counterfills. You just play your cards, try to get your lands assembled, and it's there you go. The only problem is when you get play against something that has a lot of hand disruption or land hate, like a Ponza deck or something. Right. Ponza, oh, my gosh. <laughs> has, has the printing recently of uh, both um, Field of Ruin and now Assassin's Trophy just made you just, like, never want to play Drawn again? Oh, I'm, I'm still going to play it. But, yeah, when I saw Assassin's <laughs> Trophy, I was like, great, great. Yeah, card's really, really good. It really is. Yeah, I've been brewing with it. I've been trying to figure out like what direction I want to go in Modern right now. The new set is interesting. Assassin's Trophy is definitely going to change the format. Yeah. Because um, that hits a lot of decks. That's not just Tron. That's like, what, a hollowed one? Yeah, it, hits, um, I mean, it just hits a lot of yeah, decks. Everything. It's just a really good. Like, knocking out a land for two mana if you want is great, but just... Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about it with this uh, with, with Alex on the set review, but like they keep printing these cards that allow you to do something and have your opponent search for a basic. Yeah, and it's fascinating to me because like at a certain point, you just can play a deck that's like I'm gonna I'm gonna a uh, play like Leon and Arbiter or something where you can't search your library, mm. and then you get like really really good with it's like a hate bear style deck. Or B, I'm just going to drain your deck of basic lands, and then all my cards get insane. Yeah, and that like altogether. There's also cards like. Like a, a card that I think is interesting is Tunnel Ignis. You know this card? No, I don't. It's uh, it's like one red, one colorless for a two-one, and I think it states that when the second land comes into play in an opponent's uh, turn, they take three. Oh gosh! So like, they play a land, you Assassin's Trophy, and now your Assassin's Trophy has three attached to it as long as you have a Tunnel Ignis. There's like just a bunch of weird interactions that like the the deeper they go down this rabbit hole of like replace effect with basic land, these cards get better and better. Yeah. Um, like redundancy is always so interesting in that way to me. Um. 
like I, they keep like there's all these effects that are marginal that keep getting pushed. I was just talking to Michael before the show about this, but um, I play this hundred card format called Highlander Roulette. And oh it's yeah, okay. Super fun, and I've wanted to build a mill deck in Highlander yes. forever, forever. <laughs> and, and a lot of you guys know this, but like one of the first decks I ever took to a modern PTQ was a mill deck. It was like an Esper Turbo Archive Trap deck. That's amazing. And this was like six years ago or something. Um, but I've always wanted to build one for Highlander, and it's 100 cards, so it's obviously a lot worse, but they just keep pushing like incidental mill. Like think about all the cards in the last couple of years we've gotten, like this new two mana one that just came out, every blue spell you play mills too, right? Mm-hmm. You have Fraying Sanity, which is a really strong card. It's yeah. like basically a better version of the curse. There's another one that I can't think of the name of it. Michael, is it Psychic? Is it the Enchanted Psychic Erosion or? Uh, that one's when you draw a card mill. Mill two. Yeah. Okay. That's the one. Yeah. Psychic erosion. There's Sphinx's tutelage. There's like all these cards they keep printing where you're just like incidental mill is like a thing I can do in a hundred card format. I mean, it doesn't seem that ideal, but then you pair that along with archive trap and glimpse the unthinkable and breaking entering and all the various cards are just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to think that in five more years, what strategies, if they keep incidentally, incidentally pushing them in standard will become like just mainstay things you can just do. That aren't gonna be that hard. How much, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And plus, like, think how good it will feel in a hundred card deck to like mill someone out. That's what I try to do in Commander all the time. Style points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you uh, What do you usually play in Commander? Uh, I play Una, Queen of the Fae. Oh, that card's great. Yeah. That was the first Commander deck I ever built. <laughs> oh no way. Yeah, so long ago now, like right when Una first came out. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's actually my first Commander yeah. too. So. Yeah, that card's really good. Yeah, she's fun. The foils are like crazy expensive, or it got reprinted at one point. I did it. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Una get reprinted in like a... Ma- Modern Masters. Oh, okay. Yeah, Modern yeah. Masters. Yeah, yeah. So the foil is still probably expensive, but not quite as crazy as it was. Um, okay. So talking about Tron, uh, that's your deck of choice. If you were going to get into another deck in Modern, what do you think you would want to get into? I've actually dabbled around with... Um, what is it called? Oh, the ones with the Valakut. So it would be like Titan... Um, is it Titan Bloom? Oh, Bloom Titan Ti- Shift you're talking about? Yeah, Titan Shift and Bridge Titan. Both yeah, of those. both of those are sweet. Those are really fun. Yeah. Um, do you find, are you drawn to Arena? Like, is that something that you are interested in playing more of? Yeah. It, it's just, it feels really good to play. Yeah. I've, I've been, like, ever since I, that came out, I haven't played as much on Magic Online, so I haven't got to play as much Modern as I used to. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've, uh, I've messed around with it a little bit. I've got to play a little bit of Arena, but uh, I'm, I'm really, like, interested in, you know, playing Modern, and it's kind of a bummer to me that I can't play it. Um, but I definitely just feel like that's the direction we're all going is just like more and more arena. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I basically stream now is arena. It's a lot of fun. It feels really good. I do wish we could play things like modern. I understand why we can't because that's just going to get like really crazy over that UI and whatnot with some of the complexities that can happen in modern. The backwards compatibility seems like impossible. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, all right, so talk to me a little bit. I think we did this maybe in the beginning, but it's been a few years now. Um, <laughs> what got you into Magic in the first place? Oh, wow. So I started playing Magic back in 2009. It was actually when Duels of the Planeswalkers first released. Got to stop throwing my chin into that mic. <laughs> I'm just like, ah! Um, so when that first released, um, basically it was on Xbox. We saw it on there, and uh, my fiancé had played before. And he's like, oh, this is a really cool game. I used to play it. You should try it. So I was like, cool, I'll try it. And I just like spent like the next weekend playing nothing yeah, but Yeah, 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 but duels. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, we had a lot of fun with it. We went out and bought fat packs. We opened a 
Tormogoyf in it. Ah, sweet. <laughs> and uh, we found a local um, shop that used to, like, had, like, a Wednesday night draft. It was, like, an Irish pub meets uh, Indian restaurant. Oh, wow. And they'd have drafts it's every quite Wednesday. The, quite the combination. Yeah. And uh, we just got hooked from there again and started playing. Interesting, interesting. And then did you did you start with, like, standard? Did you... Yeah, started with standard. I, I don't think I even learned about different formats until like three or four years into well, playing Magic. Modern didn't even exist, I think, until 2011. Yeah. I want to say 2011 was the first year it came out. It was like right okay. after Innistrad. Okay. Somewhere in there. And then it didn't really pick up, like it become popular probably until closer to 2012. Um, so so you were playing standard. You were you were drafting and doing all the all the limited. Do you still draft a lot? No, I'm actually a terrible limited player. Really? It, it terrifies oh. me. Like I'm so scared <laughs> to play limited. <laughs> I, I'm like I feel safe with all my like constructed decks and like yeah being able to count on them. What happens to me with limited is uh, if I play a format enough, uh, then I will be I will be into it. But what happens is if I don't play it and then I'm like a month behind, I go to like sit down with players that know the format now mm-hmm. and they know the cards. I get incredibly frustrated because I make the wrong picks. Yeah, exactly. Or I like just like don't understand what combat tricks there are, and you just make one mistake and get blown out. Yeah. You're like, this is just a waste of time. It's, it's a lot to keep up with, especially yeah. when you're trying to keep up with that and like the formats you play play in, like modern or something. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so you're you're moving through, you're playing you're playing standard, you're learning about modern. When did you get into modern? Like what was the what was oh, the gosh. deck that was Tron the deck that got Tron. you in? Yeah. Okay. It was a red green Tron. Yeah. Uh, I think our shop just started doing like uh, a modern night one time. Yeah. And um, they had these really cool play mats and I wanted to win one. And I was like, what's a ramp deck that I can play? And we found Tron. And it was funny because it actually changed the meta at our shop because people knew I would always bring Tron and they yeah. started to have to bring decks to deal with it. It was kind of great. Interesting. Where'd you move from? Uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. How do you like LA compared to San Fran? <laughs> you said it all with that face. That was it. You just gave the answer right there. I mean, I do. I uh, I love San Francisco. And LA's, it's nice, but it's not San Francisco. Yeah. Well, you're new. I mean, how long have you been here now? Uh, like three months. Three months. So very new. Okay. Okay, cool. And uh, are you trying to get more into the LA magic scene? Is that like a... Yeah, I, I think so. Um, we haven't even got to do pre-release yet, but I would definitely love to play some more Magic here. I hear like it's kind of harder to find shops here, from what I understand. They're or... spread out. I mean, there are shops though. There are yeah. shops. There's like I go to Next Gen sometimes. Heidi Ho still has events. They just moved though. They're like on the promenade now. Um, there's like a bunch of other shops that that are around the city that are pretty good. Okay, it's, it's not too bad. I mean, you just have to. Like, I will tell you this is, you know, and guys, I know we're going on a tangent here away from modern, but, uh, you know, I'm interested. So um, when you move here, it takes it takes more than a year to get your bearings. Mm. And I think it takes three to four years for it to feel like home. Okay. Uh, like properly. Like there's a there's a comfortability to once you're in a neighborhood for a while in L.A. that starts to feel like because it is such a sprawl and there's so many people coming in and out, like cycling in and out of the city all the time. Mm-hmm. Um I really do think that after a few years, you start to really connect to whatever the area that you started in was. Okay. And it feels like home. It, t- it takes a while, though. Um, and it's incredibly disorienting when you first get here. Just a little bit. Like, I feel like I've gone to, like, certain locations multiple times already. And, like, I've taken a different route every single time to yeah. get there. And, like, truthfully, I've been here 10 years. There are certain things that you just never, you'll never get used to. Like, the traffic and the freeways will always be a pain. <laughs> will always be terrible. Always. Like, you'll, <laughs> like you, I just don't go to certain parts of town ever because I just don't want to. Because it's like, fair. yeah, it's an hour and a half to get over there, and I'm just not going to do that. You yeah. Know? Like, I could drive to San Diego faster without traffic than I could get to Glendale half the, <laughs> half the days, like, from where I live. Yeah, I you know? see that. It's terrible. So... Well, welcome to the city. We are excited to have you here. We'll be, uh, you know, having you for for draft nights and things like that. Um, 
So, guys, be sure to check out what Ashlyn is doing this weekend. Uh, one more time, if you want to check that out on, on Card Kingdom. Uh, it's at the Card Kingdom Twitch channel, right? Yeah, Card Kingdom Twitch. Um, if you go onto their Twitter, you can find more information about it. It's the Chalice event, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's two days, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, there's going to be the modern part of the event, but there's also some other like drafts and whatnot that will be happening as well. Are you going to be going to any uh, GPs and events this year? Um, so I have wrapped up my events for the year. Um, my weekends are now taken up because I'm part of the um, Ravnica the Broken Pact, which is a new D&D show on Twitch. Oh, is that Ruben's thing? Yeah. Yeah, I talked about that for a second. So uh, Ruben, who's the GM, basically uh, got in touch with Magic, and they were working with them to do a new D&D show, which is for their new book, which is Ravnica Guildmaster's Guide. I think so, I think. yeah. Yeah. So it basically, it's a Ravnica-themed um, D&D setting. So we're playing through that, showing off like the new races that come with it. Like I'm a Luxodon. We have a Minotaur in the party, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, we'll be doing that all the way through uh, December, I think. So every Very Saturday cool. at 1 p.m. Pacific. I watched the first episode. It's good stuff. Yeah. Really? It's fun? Okay, well, I haven't checked it out. D&D yeah. is like something I'm like super disconnected from. I don't understand it at all. I like never have played it. It's never too late. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. If you like role playing and like you're a big like RPG player, yeah. or, like, play MMOs, it's it's a lot of fun. Very cool. Very cool. Have you been like a, just like pretty like nerd? Like I'm a huge nerd. Have you been like kind of a nerd your whole life? Yeah. I like basically in high school, I would like skip school I'd be like I'm sick today and then I'd go online and play like one of my MMOs or something <laughs> <laughs> that was me all through high school and most of my life what was like the one like that connected you like was it movies was it books like what got you like fully down the nerd path I don't even know I actually didn't read a lot of books growing up I for some reason I thought they weren't cool and now I love reading books yeah but I think like I, I just like being on the computer I played a lot of sims okay the sims yeah. oh yeah <laughs> that one and then I got into runescape mm. Um, and then from there, it was just like MMO all day. Interesting. Interesting. Um, did you, did you watch like any, you know, Lord of the Rings, stuff like that growing up? Did I did. Me? I liked yeah. Lord of the Rings. I had a huge crush on, um, Legolas and Frodo. Yeah, Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Orlando Bloom. Seriously. Everybody loves that guy. But you love Frodo too, huh? I did at first. For, like when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> my, 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 it's definitely changed now. I mean, those are definitely, you know, on the opposite sides there. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Cause Orlando Bloom is like traditionally handsome and Frodo's kind of weird. He was cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, I mean, he's great, and those movies are the best thing ever, but yeah, yeah, yeah definitely differences. Uh, for me, like, the, the, the nerdy stuff that got me into it originally was, like, uh, I was a giant comic book fan. I have, like, 6,000 comics in my mom's oh basement. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, so when I was a kid, like, I worked in a comic book store for store credit, and I collected I every single Iron Man comic uh, starting from 1963 through 2005. So wow. first appearance, all of them, and I would, like, load trucks at comic conventions for Silver Age vendors to get comics so like i have like my my iron man 55 which is the first appearance of thanos i think i like loaded a truck and he and the guy gave it to me as a like that a, is crazy that's yeah. amazing well because this is years ago i'm 30 so this is when <laughs> i was like you know this is literally like 15 to 20 years ago so like iron man at that point was like a cast off character where it was like wow. oh you want iron man number one huh it's like 300 bucks like i think i have an iron man number one that i think i paid 77 dollars for wow and like i think that that book is worth like 10 grand now maybe it's insane because <laughs> iron man say what so your comic collection is obviously bigger than your magic collection uh, that's debatable I, yeah well i stopped i stopped buying comic books like probably around 2005 maybe a little after that but i have collected magic cards and bought magic cards since i was since like 95 wow so at one point i liquidated a lot of stuff but i probably have like 150,000 magic cards in my mom's basement also 
plus like you know ludicrous number of cards here i try to get rid of stuff like yeah. i try to liquidate as much as i can um but it's definitely you know magic cards take up a lot of space they do when we were moving here it was kind of fun because we had movers come and like they had to pack all our magic cards and it was just kind of funny trying to explain to them like what they were packing and asking them to be careful with we're like uh this they're like baseball cards just yeah please don't bend them how do you feel about like you know uh moto and like uh arena versus like paper cards like do you you get like annoyed having to pay for pay pay for JPEGs. I did with um, Magic Online. Yeah. But Arena, the way they've set it up, the barrier to entry is really nice and easy. Yeah. And you actually don't have to spend money if you don't want to. Well, that's good. Um, but I do like playing Paper Magic the most, just because you also get the social interactions. Right. Like as you turn three cards, someone you get to see their face as like their soul dies. Well, yeah, I think that 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 part of Magic is what it, what's drawn me to stay with the game for so long and it's why yeah. i think when i compare it to other video games i get frustrated with those games because like the thing that makes magic what it is for me right like the thing that has kept me with it is like this is a social experience so even if i lose even if it's not really that fun i'm interacting with people i'm meeting people like there's something here you're like learning more about yourself just by yeah. spending time with people versus if you spend a lot of time in front of a computer like you kind of get brain dead you zone out yeah. right like and I don't know about you, but like growing up being a big gamer, I was also really socially awkward. I still am, but I was, it was, it was a little bit harder for me to like interact with people compared to like my friends. And so magic has actually helped a lot with like just making, it's easier to interact because you know, you have this set of rules and what you can do and you can chat in between that, but yeah. it's, it's safe. Do you run across like when you go to a magic tournament or you go to a store, uh, like, do you find that you interact with the other women that are there in a way that's like different than you interact with the men like because there are so so many less women i think so i think there's definitely like a as soon as you see him you kind of already know like i'm here to support you and right. i've got your back no matter what type of mentality for sure yeah you're 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 like a girl code almost kind of yeah, and you're, yeah. you're less quick to like make assumptions or judge as you might like against sure. someone else sure yeah that's interesting the gender gap it, i mean it's changed a little but it's still pretty rough you still go to you still go to tournaments and it's like 90 eight percent dudes i feel like maybe maybe it's better than that but I still, it's pretty pretty bad it's it, it's it, it's getting better i do feel like though i've seen a lot yeah. of kids now which is really cool to Very see cool to see cosplayer kids as well yeah. um a lot more cosplayers are going yeah. to events, which is really cool what's your um, advice to a young cosplayer what do you what do you just have fun with it yeah. i mean don't ever be afraid to ask someone else for help and uh yeah pick something you love to do don't like don't stress yourself over making some crazy build that you're not enjoying yeah very cool. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to pretty much wrap us up for the day. Uh, thank you so much for coming and hanging out and talking talking magic, talking modern, talking Tron. Oh, of course. It's my pleasure. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, of course. And one more time, if the folks want to find you on Twitter, they can find you at... Uh, on Twitter, it's just Ashlyn Rose. Instagram is rar. It's Ashlyn because I'm not consistent with anything. That's tough. And then <laughs> Twitch is twitch.tv slash Ashlyn underscore Rose. And guys, thank you so much for listening. As, as always, you can find me at Ben Baby Media. You can find the podcast at The MM Cast. Uh, be sure to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash The MM Cast. That's how we keep this thing going. Um, we are trying to continue to expand and buy more things to make the show better. Um, hopefully hire somebody to put card images on the screen because we keep getting asked about that. <laughs> so uh, the Patreon helps us do that, guys. Patreon.com slash The MM Cast. I'll see you guys in uh, Portland in December, I oh, guess. Nice. That's probably the next event I'm going to be at. But otherwise, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligators.